0: In this episode of the fit for golf podcast, I am delighted to be joined by PGA Tour player Seamus Power. Seamus is currently on an upward trend that few golfers in the world can rival. At the beginning of 2021, he was ranked 434th in the world. Since then, he has won his first PGA Tour event, picked up 5 top 10 finishes, and climbed to 70th in the world rankings. In this episode, we discuss how his game has improved so much and what he plans to do to get even better. I got to know Seamus in May 2020 when we started working together on his physical training. He is a superb athlete, clearly a world-class golfer, and an extremely nice guy. During our hour-long conversation, Seamus is very open in detailing how he has approached golf improvement. While he is at a level that very few can relate to, I think any keen golfer can learn from the lessons he shares. A quick reminder that Fit4Golf has its own app. It is currently being used by over 4,000 golfers around the world, ranging all the way from PGA Tour winners to high-handicap beginners to juniors and seniors. There are programs to suit everyone and the detailed video instruction makes it very simple to follow. You can get 20% off a one-year subscription, by entering the code FFGPOD. You will not find it in the App Store. You must go to the website fitforgolf.blog forward slash app. Lastly, there is a little bit of muffled audio in the first 90 seconds of this episode as I reposition a microphone. My apologies. I hope you enjoy the episode and please feel free to share your feedback. Now to Seamus Power. I am very happy to be joined by Seamus Power. How are you doing, Seamus?
1: Good, Mike. How's it going?
0: Yeah, everything is good. No, thank you. I appreciate appreciate you taking the time to do this. But as you just said, uh, time is something you have plenty of at the moment.
1: I do have lots of time at the moment. This is the best part. This is the best time of year for time. So you've just finished a long, busy year, and
0: you're currently on a six-week break from tournament play. Do you put the clubs down for a couple of
1: weeks in this period? yeah i haven't i i i won't what i usually do is cut way back on practice you know like i love playing golf so like i played one round last week just with my kind of friends or my cousin and some friends i think i'm going to play a little bit maybe around this week just with more friends but then after that maybe two two and a half weeks i have a couple of little improvements i want to make so i'm gonna kind of start getting back into some small practice um but i'll you know shut it down for the most part but I, I do love playing golf, so I'll, I'll usually try sneaky gaming here and there. Okay, great. Those improvements are something that
0: we might uh, touch on a little bit with some of the questions coming up. So you began 2021 ranked 434th in the world rankings, and you were now ranked 70th. Obviously, you won your first PGA Tour event, the Barbasol Championship in July, which was huge. But in the other 17 events you played, you also had four top 10s and seven top 25s. The 2022 season has also started very strongly with a top 10 and four top 25s in just six starts. As you reflect back on the last 12 months, can you pinpoint anything that changed to enable this improvement? And don't be afraid to get too specific. Anyone who listens to this is a major golf nerd.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was about this time last year or maybe slightly before. I can't remember when the Bermuda championship was in 2020, maybe October, November, somewhere on there. That was like the first time where I really knew that I was, I was going in the right direction. Um, weirdly. I know it's kind of, it's like, it's not, it's not an advertising plug, but one of the things that I actually put massive uh, credit to, I actually bought one of those um, G quad. Was it a foresight G quad? Um, yeah. I, it, and I, I realized i have been looking at, I know it sounds so funny, but I actually hadn't realized I'd been looking at my golf ball wrong. I forever, for years, for four or five years now, I felt like I was just hitting pulls with my short irons and irons. I was just driving me crazy. And as soon as you have the G quad, sure if if you've seen how it really work, it shows you where the ball starts and what curve is on it. And I was just blown away by immediately. I was just hitting shots and it was like, I wasn't pulling any shot. It, they were all, like I was, didn't realize I was turning them over. I know it's such a basic thing to think, but I'm not sure if it's because by the time I look up, the ball's already halfway th- through its flight or if it's just the angle I was looking at or something. But I, So that was when I really started to make some progress. And then, yeah, from there, I mean, I just, you know, I I, I changed sports psychologists, about this time last year as well, which was massive. I really had struggled with my putting last year, like for the first time in my kind of life, to be honest, and just kind of had to get back to some of the basics there. But then the rest of it was just, yeah, understanding my own golf swing a little bit more. Um, it's the first time my, my life. I don't, I don't really have a coach. Um, I've gone through quite a few coaches and I think I'd just gone. I was just kind of confused. I probably had, I probably my own faults. I probably just had heard too many voices. Um, so it's really was a combination of those things and, and then just kind of getting down to work and, you know, just instead of constantly changing I was just like I was kind of figured out what I can do and just kind of was like all right let's 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 do a lot more of that so yeah it, it made it made huge differences um like even my practice sessions I, I, I've said this like probably it's probably the least I practiced in my career is in the last year my practice uh, sessions are very efficient I'll go and I'll do my putting stuff I'll do my short game stuff I'll do my technical stuff it doesn't take nearly as long anymore now to have that a thing to help me, and then I spend my most time on my on my wedges, and uh, and so that's it's been a combination of things, you know, like having a better understanding of my own swing, not constantly changing my own swing, has led to me having more time to practice my wedges, which is, as I've seen this year, I mean that that's the thing that's made the biggest difference. Just a lot of rounds this year, I'll have you know, maybe two, not not gimme's but very close pots for for birdie almost every round. And that makes such a difference to your, to, to your score just having two that you can almost bank on having. And then you pick up a couple on par fives and you know, you have, that's it that's you kind of your mm-hmm. round taken care of. So it was a combination of all those things. Um But yeah, weirdly the, the purchase of that G quad thing. And it was just mind blowing. Like when I, I, I just, I would never have thought that I could have been not seeing my own golf ball properly. Like it was kind of a, a funny kind of thing, kind of frustrating thing when I found out, but it's been, you know, looking back now, it's been fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's really, really interesting. There is a
0: lot to go into there. You basically touched on about five of the questions that I had organized, but that's fine because there's a lot that I'd like to dig into in a bit more detail there now. So you, you obviously had, well, I know you had a TrackMan before I you do. had the Foresight Quad. What was the difference in the technology that allowed you track
1: what made the big awareness for you, really, in, in terms of the ball flight? It was, it was just the simplicity of it. Like, for anyone who's ever used either one, I mean, TrackMan will give you numbers for everything. Like, most of them I don't even understand. And, you know, it was telling me information that, you know, the path is this way and, you know, my face is that and this and that. But it's like, the G-Quad was very simple. Like, I mean, you know, some guys love one, some guys love the other. Like, I, I just loved it. It was like, it just told me what my ball was doing. It didn't tell me why or how or anything, but it was just like, my ball started here and it's curved that way and it, it was just the simplicity and clarity of it which made the biggest difference to me you know I said I, I think I'd kind of gotten lost with some of the TrackMan numbers and they kind of getting just kind of confusing myself with because I mean, there is a lot of numbers there's all sorts of planes and there's this and there's that and you know so it was just it, it just told me exactly what my ball was doing and I was able to pick up on a pattern it very easy and it made perfect sense um you know, like, I mean, the track numbers make sense to a lot of people that I guess probably understand them better than I do. But for me, the G-Quad has been a massive, a massive upgrade, at least for, in my own personal mind. I guess and that's one of those things with golf is and as long as it makes sense in your own mind, it's, it's kind of becomes a it becomes more important whether it's right or wrong. Almost So it it, it was nice just again, because I, it probably was nice timing because it was, was kind of I said I'd gone through so many instructors and that sort of stuff that so I was kind of frustrated with the, the over technical side of my own swing. So the, the, just seeing what the ball was doing was, it, again, it, it seemed so obvious when I said it out loud, but it was just simplified. And I was like, okay, my ball's doing this. I need to do this. So I kind of just figured out what kind of thing. So I was hitting balls. I was like, this is what caused my ball to do that. So I was like, let's do this instead. And it was just kind of building on it from there. And so it, it's been it's been huge for me. So in simple
0: terms, really, what it allowed you to do was you thought that you were hitting so you're you're you were missing short irons further left than you would like you th- yes. thought that you were pulling them but in reality yeah. the ball was starting straight and curving to the left which is yeah. a
1: slightly different technical fault or, or correction that you need to make it, exactly yeah I mean it, it, exactly and that, that was the most bizarre thing I, I don't know if it's because you know in your follow through you're kind of looking at an angle out because of your pocket, your spine angle you're looking at an angle I don't know if that's why or where and how in the world I, I was, it happened. Again, it seems so basic, but yeah, I mean, it's a completely different fix for things because if you think you're pulling it, you know, you can just, everything all of a sudden becomes simpler once you know what your ball is doing. It becomes much easier to correct it. You know, someone told me that years ago, and it's it's good advice. It's like, you know, the first step to fixing a problem is actually identifying the problem. So that that, that was, it was huge for me. It, it seems so bizarre, even like my, my caddy and I talk about it all the time, because like when I'm practicing and I see it on the the numbers on on the screen now it's just it's so it's so much simpler and it's, I' just yeah. able to get back on top of it faster and then kind of move forward and just you know it's like oh crap i'm doing that again let's go back to I know what no fixes that, so let's do that and off i by going in yes, yeah, so you basically have one key piece of feedback from
0: that launch monitor that you can yeah. use to assess if you're doing what you want to do basically you're not playing a a game of trying to figure out what's happening, looking at face and path and these things. It's like, no, that number right there says what's happening, the ball. And I know this is what I need to do when
1: that happens. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what I've like. That's, that's the basically as technical as I, as I am. It's like when I, if I go on that and I say, if I go to practice tomorrow and I see that it's curving too far left. Like just from the last year, I've, I've kind of learned and finally understand why, what I'm doing to make it do that so I just kind of I have some drills to kind of get myself back on track and then that that's that's the end of kind of my practice off I go again
0: fabulous I'm going to ask you yeah. something about being able to shift most of your practice to wedges in a little bit but I'm going to keep yeah. going with the improvement in the short iron stuff for a second here so I'm going to read some scoring averages to you in 2020 your scoring average was 70.96 which was 103rd on tour in 2021 your scoring average was 70.49, which was exactly half a shot better, which was 44th on tour. So far in the 2020 se- 2022 season, we're only six events in, but your scoring average is 69.5, which is 1.5 better than 2020, and you're 10th on tour. From the 2020 to 2021 season, your strokes gained approach improved by 0.75 shots per round, which is three shots per tournament. This moves you from 160th to 38th position on tour from the 2020 to the 2021 season. That's an enormous improvement for somebody at your level. And it sounds like basically you've already touched on what led to that improvement. It was really something as simple as a change in launch monitor allowed you to have feedback in your practice that was more simple and easier to understand
1: and allowed you identify what you were trying to do yeah yeah very much so like i yeah it, it really did it was because i would you know i mean i i would go i would miss shots left on the course and then go to the practice area and because i didn't know what was causing it because i thought i was pulling it not curving it left i would go to the practice area and actually be doing the wrong thing and then so I'm probably making the thing worse and then go back out the next day and do the same thing and not really understand, you know, you can't go into that cycle and you just try to practice more, 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 more. But actually when I look back, it was like the more I practiced, the probably the, the worse I was making it because yeah. I was trying to do something that wasn't actually fixing the problem. Yeah. I mean, I noticed that, like I went through, yeah, even like last summer, like it, just a stretch where I, I really knew my irons were on, like for the first time in my career, like I like, I, I, I was having I had, like, unbelievable control on the ball and. Yeah, I mean, we track all those stats and stuff. So that was, it was very encouraging to see. But just with my feel, even on the driving range, and just, so, just how I felt on the course, I kind of knew it was trending that way. Um, but it's, it's also nice to see those, those, the stats and back it up.
0: So that's fantastic. Like Really, really interesting info for, I think, any of kind of the more serious players that are listening. You also told me something about an improvement in your iron play that came a little bit down to the actual type of shot you were trying to play you said that you moved away from trying to shape different shots, like draws and fades into left pins and right pins. And you just started trying to play in what you termed as straight
1: lines. Can you talk a little bit about that adjustment in kind of decision-making? Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's one of those things, again, it's like, golf is such an unusual, I mean, maybe, maybe all sports are like this, but you know, you forever, and it was Tiger Woods that really perfected it. And don't get me wrong, like, he's iron player is incredible. But what he would do, I was like breaking my heart trying to do this. Where it's like, you know, a left pin, and he's starting it in the middle and working it out towards the pin, and same to a back right pin, and he's starting the middle and fading it to him. And it, like, obviously, that makes unbelievable sense. But I, I just found the difficulty level incredibly hard. It's like I, I just, it was for me. It just, it became almost too difficult. Like I know how to curve it if I need to, but for the most part, I'm going to be aiming. Like I have kind of a, like you know, a nine iron, I'm going to be aiming four yards right at the pin. And I'm just going to try my pretty stock straight shot right there. And it just worked better for me. And that, that's one of the things I really like figured out in the last 12 months. Is like, I I need to learn, do not need to learn, but I just need to kind of trust myself and play the way that I I want to play and the way my eyes see it rather than trying to play golf the way I'm kind of told. And, you know, it, that is the thing with golf. I mean, you see it's, it's a funny, it's a funny sport. I mean, you know, all the templates that we're meant to do. But like, when you look at the top players in the world, I don't even know any of them that do any of this. And you you play with guys, and I played with top top players that only move it one way. I played with top players that don't really move it at all. And I played with top players that move it both ways, you know, play with top players that hit it low, hit it high. So it's just, you know, finding what works for you and finding what you can repeat. And like, once I kind of settled on that, it's like, I know like my, again, I started to see tendencies. So my miss. My tendency to miss with a short iron would be slightly to the left, and long irons would be slightly to the right. So I kind of, but for the most part, if I'm swinging well, it's going to go pretty straight. And that's kind of what I, I just not embrace, but that's just what I kind of just like. Okay, that's just it's just easier for me to play golf this way. It's like, you know, it's you know they, they say again goes into all the technical stuff, but it's like you know I was I've been told with the track stuff, it's like it's easier to it's more appeasable to have a golf swing that's like, you know, four left and face two left rather than kind of zero it out. And I could never quite understand why I'm like, because I always thought it's like in my own mind, my own mind, this is why I started hitting it straight. It's like, if I'm aiming, if I'm trying to draw to a back left pin, you're trying to get it like four right and, and two right, whatever sort of draw. It's like, you've just, I, to me, in my mind, you've just a good a chance of hitting it. Like, dead online on your target as rather than try to curve it the exact amount. But again, that's, that's just me. Like you'll have someone listening on here. It's like, that's the wrong way to do it. And I, I, I get that, but I, that's, I just embraced it. it. was like, I just like finally figure out how I play golf. And that's, that's what's, what's really been the, the biggest thing about this year. But yeah, you're right. I, I just, for the most part, see shots in, in straight lines. Like I'm as good as anyone behind trees and bending around trees and stuff, but that's when I, I you have to see certain things. Yeah. But for the most part, if I'm standing there, very 150 yards out, I'm not really, I, I'm not really seeing something curving much. I'm just like, I'm just going to aim right there and try to hit it right there, and that's kind of what I've what I've been doing. And that's you know, it's worked. I've seen the improvements with the approach to green, so you know, hopefully, I can continue to improve. Yeah, it just it sounds really
0: like that. Your stock shot, the natural shot that tends to come off your club, is a relatively straight ball flight. So, it is, yeah. why try and make it more complicated by on hole eight, which has a pin on the left? trying to hit a draw and then hole nine, which has a pin on the right, you're trying to hit a fade. Whereas yeah. your natural shot that you practice all the time is let's just hit it straight. If I pick the right target, which may not be the flag, you might miss your target a couple of yards left or right, but it's still yeah. probably going to be a pretty good shot. Whereas if you try yeah. and pull off a draw or fade, which you're not as comfortable with, that's likely to be a bigger
1: miss if you don't hit it perfectly. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's, yeah, that, that's cool. That's basically what I find, at least for my own game and, I, I found it's worked. It's just simplified it. You know, again, like uh, Tiger Woods, I mean, his iron play and he's all the stats. Play. I mean, it's incredible. But, you know, I've kind of, I came to the terms coming, like not everyone can play like Tiger Woods, you know. It's like, it, like his iron play has been remarkable forever. And he, you know, you see him as and He used it like at Augusta. It's incredible. Like he'll curve it into back left, even with wedges and that and curve it back right pins. And it's incredible to watch. But, you know, I'm not Tiger Woods. I, I, I'm Seamus Power. And that's, you know, I'm just trying to figure out the best way for me to play. Yeah, that's 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 really good. I think getting to
0: know yourself as a golfer is something that's good for anyone, no matter what the level of play. Just the last thing on on shot shaping from, say, watching golf on TV and being and and listening to commentators and being lucky enough to have been at quite a bit of PGA Tour golf up close in the last year and a half. I think it's slightly overplayed how much players actually move the ball in the air. Like, when watching the really good players, you know, we hear of DJ hitting his fade and Marikawa hitting his fade and Rory hitting his draw. Like, most of the top players, it's reasonably straight. Like, the ball tends to fall in one direction, but it's not like a huge
1: curve in the air, really. No. No, and that's the thing. I mean, especially nowadays, I mean, the technology and the drivers and the balls and all this stuff, they're almost being designed to travel straighter. So it's like, you're almost to me at least, I mean, trying to over curve it can be like, I mean, the the balls, I mean, you'll see that even if you try to slice or draw, like they draw or fade early and then they really want to start going straight. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, you see a lot of those guys and even, I mean, Dustin sometimes hits a big, nice, big one, like if he wants to get it in play, but for the most part, it's only just falling a little bit to the right. And again, you know, that's, I mean, that's a perfect example. I mean, Dustin, he was a big drawer before, but again, he just kind of figured out the best way for him to play and he's like, I'm just going to hit my fade driver and you know, for him, obviously, he has the massive advantage of probably having like 180 ball speed with a little baby fade, you know, but that's you figure out your best way to kind of get it around golf courses and which one you can do consistently. And that's obviously for him is going to fall a little right. Yeah, no, that's that's really good. And um, going back a little bit to
0: you talking about for approximately, I think it's the last 12 months or so, you haven't been working with any golf coaches and you've taken complete ownership and responsibility for your own game. Can you go a little bit more into sort of what led to that decision and how
1: things have been different since? Yeah, so like I, I mean, this is my sixth year on tour and like I've i used, I'm not sure, I would say six, seven instructors over the last probably decade. So I, I went through quite a few and it was, it's funny looking back because it was all to try to get rid of the one shot that I thought I was hitting that I actually wasn't. So it's all kind of weird, but I mean, I learned a bunch from all these guys and like some like obviously top instructors and they're like fantastic. But it just, I, I got to the point like a year ago. And I remember saying to my caddy, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm 34 now. So it would have been 33 at the time. I remember saying to my caddy, I was just like, like I'm 33. I'm like, I can't, I first felt like I was in a continual process of always changing my swing. It was like, I play a couple of events and then it's like, oh this is a little off. So I have to go change that to try to fix that. And it was just like, I felt like I was never actually, fully ready to play a tournament because it was always in like transition it was almost like working on something working on something and it was just it was just like you know i said i was like it was 33 it's like at this point i mean i at some point i just got to run with what i have you know like yeah if i'm already a tour
0: player it's not like you were a an eight handicap trying to get
1: to a four handicap or something you know exactly yeah like and it's just we don't really, like I have a little bit of downtime now, but we don't, there's not a lot of downtime or off seasons to go rebuilding and stuff like that. And it's incredibly difficult. Again, like Tiger obviously was able to do it successfully a couple of times, but it's very, very difficult. And especially when the position I was in where I was, I, you know, I didn't have a win at the time. So I had no like job security, if you will, you know, you're always like a year away from being off tour. So it was like, I just, at some point I was just getting frustrated. I was like, I can't keep trying to change my swing all the time because i'm never actually and I, I was never able to get momentum going because you know i might play a tournament and then you know if i if golf is a funny like so if i played like tournament last week or whatever like two weeks ago a perfect example i saw i missed a cut in houston played poorly like in the past i would have instead of like like trying to learn i would go see my instructor straight away what happened and when you go to an instructor having played poorly it's it's you know you everyone assumes something has gone wrong where it's just one of those sports that sometimes it's just you just play poorly sometimes you just hit shots that aren't perfect you I mean you're hitting a round ball at 120 miles an hour you know like things can go wrong no matter how good your mechanics are and so but this year you know I just I kind of just went to the driveway and did a little bit of practice on the Saturday after Houston didn't really do much didn't try to change anything and I went out the next week and played really well because it's just one of those sports where that can happen you know and it's like I, I again last like a year ago i was just like i can't keep going around in a circle and that's what i felt i was doing I was just chasing my tail whereas like i just like i usually to, took ownership and i was like okay i'm hitting this shot i can't hit this shot so i've got to hit my short iron so example, i was, I got to stop missing my short so turns left what's happening and once i figured that out it wasn't like a whole rebuilding thing it was like i just like it was just simplified it was like it's curving to the left let's stop that that doing that and then on i go back to playing and trying to shoot as low scores as possible or yeah we're like oh, so up to that point I mean that's basically what led me to it I was just like it was just like I'm at that age where I'm like I, like I, at some point this is this is who I am as a golfer is let's go see how good I can be the way I am rather than trying to be someone else's version or some you know a picture from a book and like you know top of the backswing or here or there or everywhere it's like and I, I I've learned some things like over the last few years you know like I, as, I mean, you spoke Like my hips are kind of built a certain way; they don't really want to move the way other people's hips do, and that sort of thing. But I was, you know, breaking my back on the driving range, trying to make my hips do this and that, like almost trying to like force them into positions. But I, and even though the golf ball wouldn't be coming out better, it would look better on camera, and, and that's the kind of thing I was going down. Instead of, I think that's why I like that G quad thing because it doesn't do anything with the swing. It just this is what your ball just did, and it just kind of so it's nice timing for that. But it, yeah, that's what it was. It was just, I, I, I've been to so many guys always kind of chasing positions, chasing certain things all the time Instead of just like, okay, you know, at some point I felt like I needed to be where I could just go play and go play regularly and not just rebuilding, 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 have a couple of bad days in the course, not a big deal. You get back at it and off you go again, rather than, oh crap, I got to rebuild this to fix this shot over the next two weeks and then get the next tournament. and. You kind of have a, a different shot, maybe. So you've got to go fix that again. I was just, you know, it was just, again, it was just chasing my tail. So I finally, as you like took ownership of it, just kind of try to figure out my couple of my traits, like my faults or, or things that I've done and just kind of, you know, work with them as best I can.
0: Yeah. Obviously, instructors can be fantastic, especially probably you know, oh, yeah. for the, the kind of handicap golfers who are listening. But it nearly sounds like that for you with less information coming in it gives you more of a chance to just get very intimate with the feelings that you need in your golf swing for X shot. If this shot is happening, I need to feel this. Would that be kind of a
1: pretty simple way of explaining what you're doing now? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, no, I mean, like instructors can be brilliant. I I think it was my my own fault where I just, because I was like chasing something the whole time, I, I just, I almost became too reliant on on information coming back and as any, instructor, like any instructor's listener anyone's been to an instructor if if you're going to an instructor and you've just played badly and you're going to an instructor and he's like oh, everything looks great you're fine you'll probably get pissed off at your instructor like to be honest so it's like my <laughs> own fault because you know you're like something has to be wrong i just hit you know yeah. whatever these shots so it's like you, you're just that can happen and that was the pattern i'd gotten myself into it was like it was always i was i was always working it was always like what's coming next rather than let's just go play right now. I know what I'm doing. Let's go. And that's, yeah. So I've just learned a couple of fields and then, I mean, there's still improvements. I said, I'm going to make some technical improvements, you know, this, uh, this off season stuff that I I can, I can see. I just would like to be a little bit better just to stop. Again, it's it's the same thing. Stop. It's the same problem I have caused my short irons to curve left and my will uh, miss, miss my long stuff to the right. So it's just trying to try, try, try improve that a little bit when it's six weeks off and then kind of get back into playing mode in early January. Would you mind telling us really quickly what that technical improvement is? Was well, so I finally had to do? Well, so forever, like, was, even with my, like, the, the hip stuff is always something I've always tried to improve and I'm always, like, stretching them and doing this and that. But actually, I, I got a feeling in the, like, well, I, I was—I'd I'd be looking at it kind of weird. I'm always like thinking about my golf swing and golf game and stuff. And I finally got a little thing where, it was forever, my hip—it's hard to describe—but my hips kind of shift forward through my transition instead of like continue to rotate. And I always looked for me; it was like my right hip. But actually, like, in the fall, I had two weeks off, and I finally it was like, it, it was just like one of those days. It was like I wasn't getting anywhere with the right hip. It still was wasn't quite working the way I wanted to. Especially with my my driver, it shifts too far forward and I struggle missing it right. But I'm like, so I actually worked on, again, sounding obvious, like trying to work both hips at the same time. Whereas like, at the same time, I'm trying to keep my, like in in rotation, the right hip. But I was, I was, I was actually was like, well, what if it's the left hip that's just pulling the right hip forward kind of thing? So I worked on that and it's it, it a huge improvement there in the last kind of month. So I just want to kind of stay on that. You know, the biggest thing is through, through transition, I have a habit of, and how you could describe it, basically, like my left arm pulls in just after impact, and the right arm kind of rolls over that way, which is weird for someone that you would, you know, it's it, it that's what, what's and that's the thing I want to improve the most because it gets my short arms curving that way to the left. So I want to just improve that a little bit more, so I'm not constantly fighting those short arms missing left. So it's just it's those kind of two simple things. Just and I, like, I've noticed them for a while, and then like learning with my as I've been going, I'm like. I've finally, finally isolated exactly, and I know they're kind of the right things because I've seen the improve as I've worked them. My ball fight has kind of improved here in the fall, so yeah, I'm very excited. It's those two little things. I, like I said, I'm, I'll, I'll go and practice maybe late this week or early next week and kind of get back into it. It's, you know, the first time, probably the first time ever. Like I've just, I'm, like I'm so excited about my old golf game. Like I'm looking forward to. All right, I don't want to kind of lose what I worked on, so I'm just gonna like kind of keep my hand in a little bit and yeah, yeah just yeah, hit a few balls. That's fantastic. Does
0: um, working on those changes you just talked about mean a little bit more camera work than you usually would
1: have when you be revealing? A, a, li- a little bit. The, it's the biggest thing to me. I usually like to use the camera until I can feel it. So as, I'm not sure if that makes any sense. It's like, you know, initially when you're making a change, obviously if it felt horrible, you wouldn't have done it. So like what the incorrect motion is what feels normal. So it's like, I'm trying to get a feel for, that left arm pulling and once i get that like i'll put it on camera to see if was that any better and once i get to the, the feel a difference between when it does pull versus where i want it and i won't use the camera nearly as much then because th- that, that's the key to me is just trying to use the camera to learn rather than to kind of fix it like the, the, because on a course under pressure you're not gonna you obviously don't have a camera and that's when your feels and that sort of thing is what will carry you through so um yeah, no, I will. I'll do a little bit more, kind of, yeah, some just some technical stuff. But it's, it won't be. It'll still be the same breakdown. just like you know, maybe thirty minutes of technical work, and then after go back kind of back into my wedges. Because it, I, again, it's another thing. I've kind of like some of these things. It's, I can just kind of try gradually improve them over long periods of time. Like I said, I, I, I'm i hitting it pretty well right now, so it's not as if it's a drastic thing that needs to be done. It's just to just to kind of make the battle with those little like left short, those left short turns make that battle it's a little easier.
0: Okay, excellent. um you've obviously talked about how much the quad has helped you the launch monitor uh something else that you mentioned to me when I was out in Vegas a couple of months ago with you was you had a light bulb moment the first time you ever got on a pressure mat and hit some balls from it and that was and that was kind of in the same conversation when you told me that you weren't working with golf instructors, you were kind of doing your own thing, and it was just it was amazing for me to hear. And you said it was amazing when you first experienced it too, like as a PGA Tour professional for a number of years, you'd been trying to do something in your swing. And then, and you were actually struggling a little bit with iron contact, you said, catching some shots a little bit thin. And then the first time you stood on, I can't remember if it was a body track or a swing catalyst, but one of the pressure plates that shows where your pressure is under your feet during the swing, you were like, I'm actually way overdoing the thing i've been trying to make happen can you yeah. touch on what was going on there and how it changed
1: yeah it was bizarre this was it was right at, right when covid started like whatever that was it like last year so early 2020 like it Max, was like yeah yeah so like I, I had plenty of time and i was working with an instructor in charlotte like ken Guilford, at the time and it was so bizarre like because he would say it to me he was like you know, like it looks like the weight's going to outside your right foot, but I would get like, I'd be so stubborn. It's like, again, my hips kind of shift forward. So I always assumed that it was, I wasn't getting into my right enough. So I would forever be trying to like, almost like shift more into my right. And then he, he, like, he put me on one of those power plate things. And sure enough, it's like, even though my hips kind of had that look to him from face on that they were shifted forward, the actual pressure was on the outside of my right foot. So then I would really struggle to get off my right side. And then I would kind of hit it thin and hit it like, that kind of weak strike. So yeah, it was a very strange moment, I have to say, because it was, it was just complete opposite of what I had been looking at or what I thought I was looking at, I guess. You know, like, because of the, again, I, I think I'm on, I've kept doing a couple of unusual things, but because it looked like I was shifting to my left, but the way it was actually somehow on the outside of my right foot, it was so strange, like for, because I would look at it on camera and other instructors had looked at it on camera and be like, I need, you need to get more into your right but I actually didn't really understand what that meant. I meant like, cause I, because it looked like it was so far left, I was trying to shift like extra hard to the right. And it was so strange. It was one of those things. It's like, again, it's another thing that I'd been like putting all this work into. And it was just like, again, the more I worked on it, the worse I was actually making it because I didn't, again, I wasn't aware of the problem. Yeah. That's a very, I, I, I was blown away by that. Um, that I can't remember which one he had, but one of those, yeah, pressure plates. I thought that was fascinating. Um, because again, it just gives you information, it doesn't tell you what's happening or how it's happening. It's just like, this this is where your weight is and this is where it's going. And I I, I thought that yeah. was like fascinating. I mean, your connection with the ground is huge as a golfer. And it's, um, just to see that it was, it was, yeah, learned a lot from that. And it, it also, it was like, it made it so much easier for me because in that moment on, I was like, oh, because again, I'd been spending so much time and energy. What I thought was trying to get into my right side and like, oh, wait a second, I I'm not. I don't actually have to do all this stuff. Stay more um, on your
0: left is what you said you did. And then you started yeah. hitting it really, really pure with your irons.
1: Yeah, it, it was unbelievable. Like Because what I thought, I mean, it was so, because you could see, you know, and know, was being honest, you can just follow, you can see it, and you follow the white dot. And I was just dramatic, like really early, like in the takeaway, that ball would shift, like it would, the it ball, sh- ball shifted the outside of my right foot. It was so strange. And again, I, it's crazy to think that you couldn't feel these things, but sometimes you're so busy trying to hit the ball you know, you're not feeling these things, but yeah, it, w- it was massive. I would struggled. I could never understand why my head would like shift to the right in my backswing. But as soon as I saw that, it was like, well, of course the head is going to shift. I mean, cause all the, like that's where the, the, the support is coming from the outside of the right foot. So just, and as soon as I stopped doing that without stop, without working on my head at all, my head stopped moving. So I was like, Oh, this is fantastic. But it was, it's just so interesting. I mean, that's, and that's one of the things I love about golf. It's all, you're always learning, always kind of figuring stuff out and, it was like that. Would that was a cool moment? Um, yeah, that, that was yeah. That was eighteen months ago, and that, that was another huge part of it. Um, that was like you know, part of my journey, kind of to, to this point.
0: Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I'm going to go back now to um, you said that you shifted kind of most of the meteor practice time to getting better with your wedges.
1: What kind of distance wedges are you talking about here when you say that's really what you're working on? So I. I mean, just uh, when I, like my, my sports psychologist, uh, like Bob Rotella, like that was one of the things I went to see him. He was like, "You just, it's wedges, wedges, wedges. I mean, with but distance, everyone's hitting the ball now. Like you do have a lot of wedges on a golfer's, And like, so, I, and, and plus, yeah, I my wedge, but a normal conditions, 145 yards to so 145s and in are all wedges. And it was just, it, I, I, I kind of broke down my bag a little differently than I had in the past. Like I would, for a long time, the way I would do wedges, I would just, I would try hit like, Santa drivers, okay, try hit a 60 yard shot, 70 yard, 80, 90. But, so I was kind of, but this time I was like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm not, not, not even going to be technical. I'm just going to, I'm going to hit shots that I feel like are a half lob wedge, a three quarter lob wedge and a full lob wedge, what I feel. And whatever they go is going to be the distance. So I was kind of, I was matching the distances to my swing instead of trying to match my swing to the distances. And it's made a world of difference to me. Like, so I have, you know, three numbers with, and I carry four, four wedges. wedges. Three, yeah. Yeah. So like, tw- and then it, it fills so many gaps. And then the other thing I did, which is, I just, just going to sound strange, almost like revert, like it it should be the opposite. But so I have all those set numbers. And, but instead of being, trying to be super exact. So like I said, I hit my three quarter lob wedge, 90 yards happens to go 90 yards. So if I have like 93 yards, instead of me forcing myself, okay, 93 yards, all I just say at the time is like, there's slightly more than a three quarter one. And I, it's and it's been remarkably. I don't know why. Whatever my, my brain works, when I simplify just to that, it goes more to a feel rather than when I'm trying to think too much of the numbers. It becomes more analytical, and it was never as good. Like my wedges are much better better now than they were even a year ago. Just some, just from kind of doing that. So yeah, I, I'll I'll do a lot of wedges, and I'll start with like just doing my stock ones. So I'll go through all the numbers, and I'll hit like you know shots to my half lob wedges, my three quarter lob wedges, and I'll go through all the wedge shots. And I actually do. And I did it all the way up through like seven iron. A, a, another perfect example of just simple. I did my nine iron and said 157. And uh, so I always thought like my three quarter one went like 150. and But when I actually tested it on the, the, on the distant thing, it only goes like 145, 146. And so forever, I, I remember one in Dominican Republic last fall. And I hit this shot and I thought it was perfect. It's three quarter, nine iron to a back right pin. And it comes up like five yards short. As I hit those three quarter, I thought I was hitting a one fifty shot, and it lands in a bank and rolls back down to this impossible spot. I remember it was just, I was just—I was—I was mad. I was mad at everything. I was like, "I can't believe I misjudged to win this, that, and the other." And it's like, but when I when I got to the driving range, the shot only actually went one forty five, one forty six, and it's made a world of difference. I've noticed that so many times this year, where in the past I would have been hitting a certain shot that wasn't even the right one. I, again, all, these are because of the improvements I've made and kind of simplified my, my technical stuff, I've, I, my, my practice has improved dramatically to a point where I'm always, it's just all like little stuff like that, where it's like, I didn't even pick up on that. Like for years, I'm beating balls, not picking up on little things like that, because I'm so frustrated that my full nine iron just went left instead of track tracking, because the distance is just as important as, as the line, especially with irons, you know, it's like, yeah, if you're, if you're fifty seven to the hole and, you hit it right at the pin, the perfect shot, but then it goes 151, you're 20 feet. Or you can, you know, if you get a terrible shot, but it's pin high, it might still be 20 feet, you know. So it's kind of it, just those little improvements. But the wedges was the, were the biggest thing. And it's just more time and effort into them. It, it's not the most exciting practice always, but, you know, you make it fun. You play little games. Even when I'm on the driving range, Simon will just give me numbers. Um, and I have to be within like two steps of it. Otherwise, I, like, I have to do it again or come back to it. And it's just just a fun way of just trying to hit it the right distance, right distance, right distance, and you know with that. Like obviously, to hit the right distance, your strike and your flight have to be right, and that sort of thing. So it's it's been huge, and it's it's it makes such a difference to the score, as I said, because you know when the putter's on, it's obviously you, you're going to make ten, twelve footers, but some days putts just aren't quite going in. So it's great to hit those ones to four or five feet where you're going to make them, and that's a couple of birdies, and and it just gets just keeps the score just ticking over and you know especially we play so many tournaments now where you know 20 unders winning a lot of weeks so it's like you know making you know one two birdies in any round and you you could be out of the tournament literally that quickly you know so it's you have to hit them close and obviously you have to be a good putter but like with the wedges if you can just get a couple of really close ones you turn those 15 footers into eight footers I mean it just changes your whole scorecard
0: yeah no that's that's really interesting Do you think that like something we didn't touch on is off the tee? Like that's definitely been an area where you have improved too. There was certain times when that was, you know, a little bit of a struggle. Would you say that because you've improved your driving and your iron so much, it's freed you up to now be able to focus on the wedges? Whereas if, you know, you tried to make the wedges the priority maybe last year or the year before, you wouldn't have been able to reap the benefits as much because the rest of the game wasn't
1: where it needed to be. Or is that accurate? Yeah, no, yeah, no, it would be 100%, 100%. I mean, I, I know like there's always that phrase, you know, drive for show, putt for dough, but anyone who's on, who's watches a tour of it now, it's like, you're if you can't drive it or drive it well, you're in so much trouble on tour now because everyone every, like, I mean, I call them kids now because I'm, like, 34, but these 22, 23, 24-year-olds getting on tour and you just, and every one of them have, like, I mean, you've seen all the numbers. They're all hitting, like, 175 ball speed and, you know, very little movement on a ball is almost a standard for a tour player now. So it's, like, you have to be able to drive it and 100%. Like, if you're driving like crap and everything else is not great, one, you won't, you won't see the benefits, and and two, you won't even practice your wedges as much. And that that's where I found myself because it's much easier to remember that the drive you hit into a water or hit into the trees on number four rather than the, the wedge shot that you thought was going to be close on number 12 but actually went to 25 feet because it's, it obviously seems like a more pressing problem to fix the driver, we, we, which it is. I mean, you have to be able to drive it now. I mean, to take advantage of par fives, like even like when I played in Georgia, even on the last round, like on 15, like it is really good tee shot. It's a par five. And then you just, I got knocked like a, a long iron or five iron onto the green. And all of a sudden you have a, like an easy birdie in a high pressure situation where, you know, if you, you miss that fair or if you don't hit it quite as far, you don't have that easy. Off. Like driving is just massive. And anyone who plays golf, it it's it's obviously important statistically and all that, but it's even for your own psyche. I mean, anyone say so like when you, hit, when you hit a good drive right down the middle, like the walk, which is going to take you a few minutes, is, you know, very relaxing. You're talking, you're looking around. It's great. Because you're, you're walking to your ball, it's 320 yards down the middle rather than, you know, and I was in this ball where I was hitting it right and left and all the way down, you're stressed out. You're wondering if you're going to have a shot, you're wondering this, and you, you're already mad your you're, you know, you, it's just, it just, it all comes from the driver nowadays. Um,
0: it's, it's, sorry, yeah, it's probably a little bit too, like the difference in say, and it's, it's kind of realistically, like if you think about where you're say, um, season finishing places have been in the last couple of years, obviously they've been a little bit different up until last year. It's probably a case of say the difference between surviving and actually contending to win. Because, you know, if we talk about driving and wedges, when if the the penalty for poor drives is so severe, like it's, it's a ball into a hazard, it's a ball into a tree. If you hit a a bad drive, it's, it's almost like a one shot or a two shot penalty. Whereas if, if you're hitting them well, but you're not hitting your wedges close you're probably not going to win or, or finish up high in the leaderboard but there's a great chance you'll make the cut and do okay but if the driver's exactly. going off the planet you're you're going home early so you're, it's you're it's, in big trouble yeah so it's a case of when the when the driver is going in play then you can
1: really have a chance to go low by getting the wedges closer to the hole so it's that balance 100% yeah 100% it is like it's like the way like Yeah, I mean that's the perfect way of putting it. To be honest, like yeah, it really is. Like when if the drivers if the driver's miles off, it's going to be a battle no matter what. But yeah, Yeah. if you're driving it well, and if you're if you like that's when like if which I have been, and then it gives you so much more incentive to work on your wedges then because it's like yeah you have opportunities, and then you're like you know you're standing 110, 150, 120 yards away like quite a few times in your round, and then all of a sudden like it kind of drops. It's like oh if I can hit these close, I mean I could have turned that. 71 into 66 you know and that's yeah and and that's what it's all about on tour now it's like you know even last week i mean georgia was i think the taylor gooch was 22 under i think and i'm telling you like on the friday on the friday and saturday it was really really windy like you just have to be able to make birdies now and to make birdies it's not really a secret i mean you, you got to drive it well to give you advantage with wedges and on par fives, and you've got a wedge well, and you've got a putt well. I mean, you just without any of those three, it's very difficult. As you said, if you're if you're good at two of I them, mean, you can maybe survive, but to, to really have success and to try get a win and get in contention, you really need all three now. Um, and you know, you just you just have to put in time and effort into them.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's that's great. Just a couple more questions, um, Seamus. I don't want to take too much of your time, but I'm, I'm really enjoying the info here, and I think the listeners will too. Um, we've, we've talked, obviously, now about kind of every part of the game, really. Um, driver, irons, wedges. You touched on putting a little bit. What we didn't touch on is closer to the green. So so in close, chipping and pitching. What a lot of people kind of don't realize is because you hit the ball so well. You're big and strong. You have impressive speeds. The ball striking is fantastic you've one of the best short games in the world. So in 20 and 2021, you were ranked eighth and fifth on tour in strokes gained around the green. So this is basically shots that are taken within 30 yards of the edge of the green, but do not include
1: putts. So chipping, pitching, bunker play. How did you develop one of the best short games in the world? Well, I I actually joke with this my McKinney, like because I... I'd struggled hitting the ball for so long, like <laughs> that. I feel like I just, I might just, I hit a lot of chips and pitches and I kind of got better at it, but no, I, I've always loved short game. I, since I was young, I, I would just spend time around a chipping green. I would just, I just love it. It's like, you just have so many different ways you're using your imagination and it's just so fun. Um, but yeah, I, my, my short game has been sharp. Um, I, again, I, it's to me, Again, it's, it's one of those things you you have to, so much of it is just learn. Like you can be, people can tell you how to do stuff, but you know, we, we play on so many different grasses and so many different this and that. Like, you know, when I came to the college, to start a college in America, like, I mean, same as you when you come to the States here, it's like the different grasses. It's like, I'd never even seen grease grasses before. I wasn't sure what was happening. Like anyone who's played in Bermuda or even like what the what's it, the California the Kakouia or whatever Kikuya. it's called. It is yeah. unbelievable the difference. Like it's so it's so strange. Sometimes you, it looks like a good lie and then you hit a shot and you duff it like a f- two feet in front of it and you're not even sure what happened. Like in Ireland, like when we grow, it's it's pretty obvious immediately if it's good lie or bad lie. I mean, there's no grain, there's none of that kind of stuff. So it's just easy. So it's just all that learning and. Like I said, like, you know, that's one of the biggest skills with short game is looking down and evaluating what the lie is like and what that's going to cause your ball to do once you strike it and once it lands on the green. Um, Because the short game itself. I mean, if you can, if you can strike a chip shot off a reasonable lie, like you should be able to get up and down a lot if you can figure the rest of the stuff out. Like, and that's what I spend my time doing. It's like, I'll, when I'm practicing short game, I'll drop a ball. I'll drop three balls and I'll go through all my wedges again, but I'll, I'll hit like a low, medium and high pitch with each one and just watch how it reacts and learn kind of what the bounce does and how much the spin reduces is reduced with this club, that club. Um, and that, that's, and that's, and that's short game. I and mean, I, but it's, I, I, I just love doing it. Like love hitting bunker shots. Um, I mean, it again. I like I have a good short game. So obviously it helps, but it's another thing. It's just, it's just you just kind of have to have to practice. It. It's not the most glamorous again, but at the end of the year, you see yourself kind of gaining strokes around the green. Like any strokes we can gain as a professional, I mean, it's just massive. They're hard to get. So if you can be in the in the green and get stroke gains on on most of the field, like you're, it's going to help you a lot. And short game is one of those areas. that's it's it's always been a strength, and it's it's so nice to see when the, in the stats do because you know sometimes you think you're good it's good at something, and the stats come back. It's like oh maybe not. So it's it's been fun. Um, but yeah, I mean. I don't I don't have any particular secret. I just I just love practicing it. I always loved practicing it. Um I it's like I could spend hours, I could spend more time doing that than I would other aspects of the game, no problem. It's just it's just so fun to me. Trying to like, you know, anyone you're young and you're trying to hit like as much spin as you can get on a shot or just flop shot as high as you possibly can in the air. And, and then to get into a tournament to have to try to hit those shots, it's just so fun. And it's I mean, hopefully now I can keep those stats up for this year with a show game. Yeah, that's fantastic. Your yeah.
0: last season and so far this season, you were positive in all four of those categories off the team yeah. approach around the green, and putting, which is is really impressive. Like it's it's so hard to do that at the tour level, basically. Yeah. On the um on the chipping and pitching around the greens, do you generally have one club that you prefer to use when possible, or do you completely
1: just allow the situation dictate what shot you're going to hit and what club you're going to use? I definitely, I definitely use my fifty-eight the most. So I have a, fi- I have four wedges: fifty-eight, fifty-four, fifty, and then my my pitching wedge. Um, I definitely use my fifty-eight the most, but I I go up and down those wedges quite a bit. Um, even in bunker shots, like I when if I've got a slightly longer bunker shot, you know, I just instead of using my fifty-eight, i like some I I use a, I actually hold a bunker shot in Dallas little in, in the summer where I used a pitching wedge and it was like a like, long awkward shot instead of just trying to. You know come up with different shots it's just i mean if you go in a bunker and hit the exact same shot with my four wedges one comes out low and running and the next one is a little bit higher a little more spin And 58 is obviously the, the the you know the most spin and the highest flight but the 58 would be my favorite but i do go up and down those uh quite a few quite a few Excellent. times yeah
0: um okay nearly finished now yeah uh, in, in your opinion what was a bigger win your victory at the Barbasol or your caddy Simon Keelan's 369 to win the captain's prize in Douglas golf club. <laughs> that was huge. You got him cut to plus five as well. <laughs> that was unbelievable. The man hadn't picked up a, a golf club and I don't know how long and he, he shot three under to win, but um, yeah. tell, tell us a little bit about your relationship with Simon. I think it's a kind of cool story. Um, you and Simon being friends from junior golf, obviously I know Simon well, cause we're from the same area Um yeah. And he started working with you. I think you've done two seasons together now and maybe yeah. like I, I don't know anything about your last caddy and you, you don't need to go into detail, but maybe what your player caddy relationship is like now and, and how you guys work together.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you say, I, I've known Simon a long time. I, I mean, Simon's like a very good junior player as well. And uh, so I've known him for geez, like, oh, probably over 20 years at this point between Munster Panels and, you know, like got the golf community is small enough in Ireland where like any like do two decent, especially one County party, obviously you're going to know each other, but yeah, it it was great. Like I had, I really only had two caddies. So like, so John Rathaus was my first caddy. He's an American guy and he, it was weirdly, so he started with me in 16 and our first event together, I won on the web.com tour, the corn fairy tour is now. So it was, it was an amazing start. Yeah. And so John had the rest of that year and in my first three years on tour. So he was great. Like he went to the Olympics with me and everything. And, uh, but it was in years. So nineteen. It was funny, kind of how it happened. In nineteen, uh, John, Mike, my, my old guy was getting married, and uh, so he was going to be away for a week. And then I had another guy lined up that was going to fill in for me. And like really, only a couple of weeks before, he was on. Like I think he got a full time bag, so he was going to caddy for someone else, so couldn't do it. And almost like probably like an hour later, I get a message from Simon saying, like Simon had been caddying on the LPGA LPGA tour, and uh, he messaged me. He's like, hey, I'm thinking of coming out onto the men's tour uh if you if you hear of anyone let me know and i was like well i need someone for a couple of weeks time in canada he was like oh happy days i'd love to do that so we did us open qualifying and uh the canadian open in, in summer of 19 and it was weird to, like i didn't to honest, i didn't really i underestimated the difference of just having someone that you know one being irish and someone I you know a long time, like it, like we'd agree. And I didn't, I didn't play well at all that week. Like I missed a cut, played poorly, not a good week or anything. But I, I remember thinking afterwards, like I was like, we really enjoyed the week. Like it was just different than than I had before. Like it was, yeah. I mean, it was just it was just different. You know, being able to talk about stuff going on back home. Obviously, I both follow like soccer and rugby and all that sort of stuff, and. Obviously, they're not that popular in America. So just having that like different kind of conversation, just being able to talk about being back home, things that happened 20 years ago, all that kind of was just, it was very refreshing. So at the end of that year, I kind of, I said it to Simon, I can't remember, but he was, you know, he was doing a Saline Cup um, in Scotland. And then I, I said it to him and I was like, and he was like, yeah, I'd love to. So I, I offered him. And it was great because at the time I was only in the 126 to 50 category. So I wasn't, I was in a little bit of an unknown but, yeah, I mean, it, it's been great since. That was, like, October, I think, in 19. No, sorry. In, yeah, 19. Yeah, so just over two years now. And, uh, yeah, it's been fantastic. No, it's, um, yeah, it's just, it, wow. like, on and off the course, it's been great. It's it's very, it's, it made tournament weeks even much more enjoyable. Like, it was, like, all these little things where, you know, golf can be not lonely enough, but, you know, a lot of times you can be by yourself and stuff. So, being able to, like, traveling with someone, that like, who's a good friend and, like, you've known a long time, just made it a lot easier. And then on the course, he's... Great caddy, we get along well. Yeah, like some like you know, it's it's it's, it's like uh, you know, some, a, f- it's, a former golf instructor
0: too. So probably not yeah. a bad set of eyes to have on the range if you want an opinion on anything.
1: Oh, yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant like to bounce ideas off and that stuff because like when he started with me, like, I was to be honest, I was kind of lost, but it was nice like because he was able to see it up close. Because sometimes when I when I was on tour at the time and I would describe to people like, it's really not going well. I'm hitting these awful shots. People were like, ah, it can't be that bad. But then he was like, he was watching the first tournament in Jackson, he was just like, geez, these shots are, are kind of bizarre. Like I was hitting some awful shots. So, and be able to bounce ideas off, even like this, like in the fall and the range in Vegas, wasn't hitting it particularly well. I was able to bounce some ideas off him. He was able to like give some suggestions and it's just, it's just nice to have, as you said, that background. And like, he's, he's such a good player himself. Um, It's just it. I like it, and like you know, he's with similar kind of mentalities when it comes to golf. Like, or you know, we make our we make our kind of strategy for the course and and kind of go with it. And yeah, I mean, some days are easier than others. I mean, you know, like some days it's just if it's not going well, it's obviously it's tough and all that. But he's he's fantastic on the bag, and yeah, he's been a great addition.
0: Excellent. No, that that's really good. Okay, last one, um, and then I will leave you go you
1: write down goals for the upcoming year and if so is there any that you want to share? I do absolutely yeah I've been I, I, I've always been I've always you know I always feel like I like to be working towards them Um. yeah like so one of the things for the fall I was I actually didn't reach a goal like my, one of my goals was like to try you know try earn a qualification for the Masters which I wasn't able to get Um. so that's, that's going to be a big one for the year and obviously to win uh, a full 500 point event you know like I was delighted to get my win Um. but yeah, it's going to be win the five, they're like my big ones for this year. It's like, you know, get the top, top 15 in the world rankings, uh, win a full event, uh, play in the Masters, and qualify for the Tour Championship. So, you know, we'll we'll see. As I said, I'm off to a good start in the fall. It's, you know, I've never really got many points in the fall before, so it, it's, you know, it's great. I think I'm over 200 points and up to top 20. Yeah. 23 or something 20, in the rankings I think, FedEx. In the FedEx yeah. Cup, roughly so it, it, it's a, it's a good start so far like I, I was able to get in contention that was a first for me actually last I played in the last group on a sunday i'd never done that before so that was that was fantastic but yeah they're they're the big ones you know any golfers you know augusta is always massive draw so that's going to be you know early in the year but you know as i said hopefully i can get back into it'll start in early january and you know so get back into the, into some good golf quickly
0: that's excellent. Seamus, thank you very much for your time. I really enjoyed it. I think the listeners will get a lot from it.
1: Thanks a million, Mike. Thanks for having me on.